today on the news, everyone will likely be infected with coronavirus at some point, says a health official. Is that a reason to panic? Also, a second potential COVID-19 vaccine enters human testing and the World Health Organization demands abortion be considered essential health care services during the coronavirus pandemic. But God forbid you go to church. We've got a lot to get into and it starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by the one and only Mr. Stu Bergier, Blaze TV host of Stu Does America, which everyone should be subscribed to, if you're not already, wherever you get your favorite podcast, also on YouTube. Listen Was that to, good? Listen to Sarah. She's smart. <laughs> okay. I, I feel like I covered it. it. You nailed it. Okay, cool. Uh, also, conservative commentator Grant Stinchfield, back in the house. Thank you for being here. It's great to be you here. You look dapper as always. Appreciate that. Thank you for risking your life it's for us. It's great to be here with Stu. He hasn't been here with us for a while. It's been a while. At least yeah. when I've been I feel been like here. that was a little bit low key dig, Stu. Think? No. I think he hasn't been here at the table risking his life uh, of, you know, potential coronavirus. <laughs> saying. I think it's been good That's for me. I've gotten it. to come on more since he's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's get into a, uh, this is a California health official who said, now, I have my own opinions on this, but I'd like to get your thoughts on it. Uh, he said, obviously, this is something that has been repeated by multiple people at multiple points through this pandemic. But he said, you know, obviously, the shelter in place order slows the progression down so that our hospitals are not overwhelmed. However, uh, we're going to be at this a very, very long time. And, uh, you know, it has caused an economic disruption, but uh Everyone will likely be infected with coronavirus at some point. Now, I didn't see any sort of, you know, uh, clarification of what at some point meant. I personally find that to be kind of important to the context of the story <laughs> sure. of like uh, maybe, uh, you know, being specific in saying everyone will be infected doesn't mean everyone is going to die or have yeah. long lasting awful effects or even go to the hospital. Right. But this is what we're hearing is, you know, everyone's going to be infected at some point. Yeah, Have fun. I, I mean, is it a, you know, because the question is people will use that as like a scare tactic, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, in, in reality, it's, it's more of just a realistic idea, right? We've all had the flu. Right. right at some point, and I know it's it's dangerous to say that it's like comparing it to the flu. Well, the flu's been around for 102 years. This is year one of coronavirus, right. so it is a lot more dangerous. Uh, you know, year 102 of coronavirus will probably be a lot more mild. Um, but but they but they are similar in the fact that they are both infectious upper respiratory right viruses. Exactly. Well, right? Yeah. Like so past. <laughs> Why are we constantly accused of being some kind of a heretic if we compare it to the flu? I get that it's deadly coronavirus, but why can't you compare it to other diseases? But the left doesn't want you to do that whatsoever. Yeah, I don't understand I feel, that. I, I feel like they try to make it seem like if you're comparing it to the flu, you're downplaying it right. and mm -hmm. you don't take it seriously. And I, I've never heard that to be the case whenever I've heard someone say that. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, look, the flu is really freaking serious. Mm -hmm. like, 50,000 people die every year of it. It's exactly. not nothing. And we don't shut down our economy, I would just like to point we, out. We don't. However, year. I will say, it's also year 102. We have a vaccine that half of the population takes. It's like, it's a lot more known, right? Mm -hmm. This is much more of an unknown. And I can understand the, the difference. There is a difference there. If you remember, year one and two of the flu, pretty bad. <laughs> like, uh, 1918, 19, not so wonderful. My biggest concern right now is that we're basing everything off of what New York City is going through. 
In New York City, there is no doubt in my mind they have a, a, a problem going on there with coronavirus, but that's not the same situation everywhere in America. And what government loves to do is this one-size-fits-all mentality. And so you've shut down economies everywhere mm -hmm. because you're looking at New York. Well, the mainstream media thinks everything that happens in New York, that must be everywhere. Oh, like yeah. the world revolves right. around New York City and, and Washington, D.C., and, and it just isn't the case. I mean, you look at New York. I was just driving in, and I'm listening to the news. They've got 67 people in the Javits Center and 44 people on the Comfort, the big Navy ship. Now, I was told that the Army Corps of Engineers needed three days to rush those beds in there. We had to get the Comfort there right away, and it was going to be filled. Well, there's 44 people on the Comfort and 67 people in the Javits Center. Now, I know we had record deaths today in New York, but hospital admissions have come down and releases have come down. Yeah, no, I mean, and look, I, I, it's good to be prepared, right? If, if it could have been, we don't know how bad it's going to be. We don't know where it's going to flare up. I think largely, you know, there's, a, there's some optimism that maybe this is sort of the, you know, more nearing the peak, right? But I mean, like, you're right. Record deaths today. Today, today will be the highest death total for the United States again. Um, it's really freaking bad, uh, you know, right now. But you're right. New York is totally different. You know, what's interesting is when you read the Imperial uh, College model, which is the one, you know, like the scariest one that everyone talked about, right? Which we based Millions of deaths, our right. entire response off of. Right, right. And that was, it's the one that's, it's been much maligned, I would mm -hmm. say. When you actually read it, it says specifically that we should talk about localized solutions because they're more efficient than a national plan, specifically talking about the United States. You, know, you don't hear that in the media all that often. Um, you know, the media is out there saying, Donald Trump, why aren't you doing a blanket national uh, program? Well, first of all, there's a, there's a little thing called the Constitution. You can't just do those things. This is for the states to do. But, I mean, you're right. Like, the idea that Wyoming with, you know, whatever they have, a couple hundred cases and, you know, a few, you know, you know, like not a ton of people spread out over a very wide area or North Dakota has to have the same policies. Manhattan is right. bonkers. Right. And I think everybody knows that the idea here is and the way that they talk about this, you know, the experts talk about this is like, look, if we can get a place where it's under control at some level, right? it's not under control in New York yet. They're getting there. Mm -hmm. We're seeing sorts of flare ups in Miami and New Orleans and Detroit, especially is looking relatively scary right now. Mm -hmm. But like you have to get that initial wave under control. And after that, like there's no reason why we can't open things up and monitor very closely. And and now that we have a better sense of what's to come and how to do this. And we've also bought ourselves time for more ventilators, for more masks, for all of these things. It should improve even if we don't have a vaccine in a week. People need to use common sense. When I say people, I'm talking about government officials that have the ability to change our lives fundamentally. They need to use common sense. You name cities, Detroit, Miami, uh, New York. These are all cities with huge amounts of international travel. Mm -hmm. I, I do believe, and huge Im immigrant populations. That is not a coincidence. I'm not slamming immigrants either. No. It's just the fact is you've got a big population coming from out of the country. That's why those places are, are flaring up. You're not having a lot of international travel going to Jackson, Wyoming. No, that's true. That's true. I mean, I think, you know, look, the, these, that's how these things get sparked, right? It's why it was a good move at the beginning and why experts all agree that Trump banning travel from China was a smart move. Uh, banning it from Europe as well was a smart move at that time. And now you see that everyone on Earth has adopted those same, so those same policies. This is the balance, right? It's such a tough one because, you know, we see a lot of people who are, you know, like who are critical of Trump and what he's doing. He's either not going far enough or he's going too far. Like, I think he's looked at the, the evidence and tried to walk a very difficult mm -hmm. line. We're talking, a, you know, this is not even just like, you know, these are deaths that are 
excruciating for these families, right? I mean, this is not just like some little thing. He is dealing with probably the hardest challenge any of us have ever uh, seen in our lifetime for a president, right? Um, you know, you go back to what, World War II probably to find one as, that's on us equal. Like, this could be really, really, really bad. Um, 9-11. I think, 9-11, 9-11, I, I, 9/11 I, I think, is there, too, yeah. And I would, I would almost argue 9-11 was worse than this. It's, it's possible. You may, like, have, you, know, you may have more people die from this, but the overall effects of 9-11 fundamentally changing our lives for decades. Mm. I think, you don't think that's going to happen here, though? I think Because I, I think you're right. I, I was, you know, went through 9-11, and it was the, you know, terrible. I think we but, changed the way we do things. Look, we are way too dependent on China. We are, uh, we're dependent on our adversaries for our medical supply chain. Yeah. Look, I can tell you for the last week and a half, I've become an expert on a medical supply chain. I got involved yeah. in trying to source supplies from China. Mm. Every night I would make a deal. And I'm not trying to gouge anybody. I'm, I'm, I'm literally trying to move supplies to cities where it can help people. That's great. The, the, the prices change overnight. Last night, talking about gowns, that's a new hot commodity. China. These, these bastards, can I say it? <laughs> well, you just they, did. <laughs> they double the price of medical gowns overnight because people are hammering for them. Mm-hmm. This is the country that caused this. This is the country that let this get out of control. They owe the entire nation an apology, and they're going to try to profit off of this, and not just profit, mm-hmm. but outrageously, grotesquely gouge the world on this. They ought to be offered say, hey, We'll give you this yeah, stuff. We're sorry. Yeah. They, yeah. Sh- they should be in ultimate apology mode right now. And it's not free markets either. Because the Chinese government says, you have to charge this price to every factory. You're not going to sell this or you're only going to make this product. You're not having factories compete against other factories for our business. Yeah. It's the Chinese government controlling this to what? Put their boot on the throat of America. And it is despicable. I mean, Grant does bring up a good point that, you know, there may be some some short term pain involved in trying to figure out what we do and how we bring these, you know, these uh, issues back to America so that we can manufacture them there or here and we can get them here. But overall, I think we'd agree that we shouldn't have China uh, handling our medications, right? Like, the, what was it, the antibiotics? That it was yeah. like, oh, well, the, now there's a shortage of antibiotics here <laughs> because China was being hit hard by a virus. And it's like, wait a second, why do we have them in charge of our medications? Yeah, yeah. No, what I could mean, possibly go wrong? Fundamentally, this goes back to something that's, I think, blatantly obvious to every single person on Earth now, but was very obvious to a lot of conservatives and libertarians before this, which is the government does way too much. Mm -hmm. They should be prepared for the five or six things they're supposed to do, which I would say guarding against a global pandemic is a great example of what Mm -hmm. government can actually do, right? There's no reason we don't have enough gowns and masks and ventilators. It's embarrassing. You know, George W. Bush was pretty much obsessed with pandemics. Uh, He read a book about the uh, 1918 influenza. You may have covered that this week, um, where he went on and and really became obsessed with it and and got the government going on this in in his second term. And it was, you know, it was eaten away by Obama during that administration. Um, And we lost that ability to, to be prepared for that type of thing. There are 99% 99% of things that are, will go on, the free market can easily just solve. And you're seeing even in this situation, the market, the private industry has come together. People have, have done incredible things. The, the testing in and of itself, we went from nothing mm-hmm. to hundreds of thousands a day. When we're, when we're engaged, we're, we're right. But like, there are certain things we need to be prepared with this stuff. It's, it's ridiculous we weren't prepared before this. Yeah. The flaws in the system is that you need a guy like me, and there's 
eight, 10, 20,000 other guys like me who now jumped in this to solve a supply chain issue that the current supply chain people could not solve themselves. It's like energy independence. When we were reliant on the Middle East for our oil, we were screwed. Mm -hmm. This is, some, in some respects, the very same situation. We've been reliant uh, on China for our medical supplies, and where do we end up? We end up screwed. Yeah. Uh, before we go, I want to bring up the, uh, the second potential COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, it has entered phase one clinical human testing after the FDA accepted an application from Inovio Pharmaceuticals. Uh, now, this is backed by Bill Gates. For those of you who care, I know there are a lot of you out there who would like to know that information. Uh, and it will enroll up to 40 healthy adult volunteers in Philadelphia, um, where the screening of the pot potential participants has already begun. Um, you're from that area, right? Maybe you have some family members who want to go get a, a <laughs> experimental oh. vaccine. <laughs> I don't think I have any family in that area, oh, but okay. I mean, look, you know, so you, this well, is, I mean, I don't know why else you'd be an Eagles fan is the only uh, reason that is why it, I would just, no one knows the answer yeah, to that. Okay. That's inexplicable. <laughs> just thought I'd point that out. Um, I don't know the answer. I'm actually not from there, so it doesn't make any sense. Um, but I, I will say that I, I uh, you know, look, I... It just has bad taste. <laughs> That's possible. That's definitely... No, no one's ever accused me of the opposite. Uh, but I would say that, you know, look, there, these things are... This is the long-term answer. If they can come up with something that's safe and effective, you know, this is, this is the pie in the sky down the line. Mm -hmm. But it's like, we really are at the point now where we're just trying to buy time. I mean, like, that's why... What's so promising about something like hydroxychloroquine that the president brings up and, you know, look, the dozens of other drugs that they're trying to, to test at the same time, it, it, even if it's just treatment, if you could just take the person who's about to go on a ventilator and back them off just a couple, a couple from, a, from a nine illness to a seven or a six illness, we're going to save tons of lives and we're going to be able to get the economy started again. It's just coming in here. You know, we're in here naked, right? We've got no, we've got no defenses right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you, you've got a jacket, got a jacket on, jacket. but uh, you have a no jacket. pants. He's bottomless. <laughs> no underneath but yeah, exactly. um, <laughs> what happens under the table stays under the table. Oh, okay. boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Grant, this from thoughts. the pregnant lady. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on uh, the, the, uh, the vaccine? They say that it could be available. I want to say they said by the, uh, they could produce as much as one million doses of the vaccine by the end of the year if the trials are successful. That yeah. is... That is a thing. I mean, if that's true, it's impressive. A million doses by the end of the year. And usually, like they would want to see, okay, we test something. Yes, this is the right thing. Let's produce it. What they're doing right. now is they're just, just burning money, it. right? Yeah. They're producing it as they test yeah. it, which they might come up with five vaccines that don't work at all and realize, okay, this is not the answer, and they're gonna have millions, maybe billions of doses of this. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be, it's gonna be fascinating. But I mean, it, like you know, private industry has done this. I mean, they've come up and they said, look, we'll we'll, we'll burn money. What do you need us to do? Yeah, it's been impressive. Yeah, Grant. You said I had the last word a long time ago. I know. <laughs> I said last word on this topic. Uh, oh, on the topic. Okay. Yeah. Um, look, the fact that Bill Gates is involved in this, I, I just, I, I, all this stuff makes me so freaking skeptical of this whole thing. I mean, it really does. Now, add in the fact that this is the billionaire who pushes all kinds of liberal policies that are going to somehow take advantage of free market principles and come up with a vaccine that saves everybody. You can't write this stuff in Hollywood. You can't write it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Coming up, we've got, let's see, we've got the World Health Organization that determining that abortion clinics should stay open because they are essential uh, care. We've also got Alyssa Milano and uh, Rose McGowan at odds in what is like the hottest charmed reboot 
ever. <laughs> it's, to it's totally must-see TV. You got to tune in. Uh, first, we want to thank our sponsor, Patriot Mobile. So uh, now is the time, now that we see all of this encroaching big government uh, liberal policies uh, just kind of like swooping in to save us all from a pandemic, now is the time to make sure that we are sticking together, uh, those of us who are conservative. And what better way to do that than to make sure that your uh, the bill that, that you're paying your cell phone provider every month, that that money that you're paying from your hard work that you do is not going to the same liberal causes that you are fighting against. So Planned Parenthood, uh, gun control, those are just a couple of the organizations of the, uh, the ideals that your cell phone carrier oftentimes is they're donating the money that you pay to those organizations. You don't have to do that. Go to Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile, they're a bunch of like-minded conservatives, and they will donate a portion of your money that they are getting from your bill every month to the causes that you believe in. So Second Amendment, uh, you know, uh, not killing babies in the womb. That's also like a thing that they believe in as well. It's so hard to come by, but again, we have to stick together in this. Right now, uh, you can customize a family plan for $25, $35, $45, or $55. I mean, that depends on how many people you have in your family, I guess. But uh, they will never charge hidden fees. You can port your number right over. It's super easy. All you got to do is go to patriotmobile.com news. You will get free activation plus a free gift right now if you go to patriotmobile.com com slash news. We talked about this yesterday on the show, but uh, so we said yesterday, looks like the Wisconsin primary is going to still happen uh, unless someone intervenes, something happens. Well, no one intervened and it is happening. Uh, let's see. Who is this? I can't even pull up my notes right now. My computer's not working. But yeah, well, Mandela Barnes, I see. Uh, but she, uh, she has something to do with the government. <laughs> and she said, good morning and welcome to the S show. Today's episode has been produced by the Supreme Court, directed by the incomparable speaker and Senate majority leader duo. Buckle up. This one is sure to disappoint. Uh, so it's still happening. And last I read, um, there were lines, but so you go long lines and you're like, oh, there's a big turnout. But there were apparently a lot of places that were closed as well. Yeah, I, I've read somewhere that, you know, there's like normally 140. I think it's Milwaukee had 140 different places to vote normally. And this time they had five. <laughs> so can you imagine wow. like how many people are going to the wrong place? And yeah. I mean, and plus, I mean, if you've seen the lines, they're all standing, of course, six feet away from each other. So the lines, even two if miles, yeah, they're right. super right. long, even if there's not that many people. Right. Oh, I mean, it's insane. But, but I mean, that was the headline. Like legitimately, I read the headline and it was just like long lines, but some closures. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Well, no kidding. There's long lines. By the way, Mandela Barnes is the uh, the Wisconsin lieutenant governor. So, you know, the governor yeah, issued... I was wondering why she didn't... So the one person she didn't blame was the governor. So that right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, the governor, uh, I guess, issued an executive order to postpone the primary, and then the Wisconsin Supreme Court overturned yeah, that, the decision. It's been so. a great example of government not being able to do the most basic thing. Everyone on earth knows this is not the time to send people out to the polls, right? right. Like, everybody knows this but is doesn't not the time. But doesn't it really just um, show kind of their, their motives really when it comes down to it, that they've, they've issued a shelter in, in place, yeah. right? So 
they're taking this pandemic seriously enough <laughs> right, to right. tell all of their citizens you <laughs> cannot go out unless it is for essential activities, while at the same time... Voting for me is an essential activity. <laughs> so I mean, to me, I'm like, this is so transparent. I would be so pissed if I lived in Wisconsin. Not because they were telling me to go out and vote, but because they were showing me their true colors. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't give a crap about me. Yeah, no. They just want to use me for my vote. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they did fight back and forth. It's seemingly like they both kind of said both sides of the uh, of, of uh, the the house or whatever the Senate and the House there were saying like, we well, yeah, we need to get this canceled. But they couldn't agree on the terms and they couldn't agree on how to do it. And they fought back and forth until the last second. And the governor stepped in and said, all right, we're not doing this. And right. the Supreme Court overruled it. It's just, I mean, it's a cluster, right? It just goes to politics is behind everything, including keeping people safe. And Sarah, you nailed it. These politicians, and you know, in many respects, it goes for all sides of the aisle. If you get to be a power-hungry politician, and many people change when they get into office, mm -hmm. they become power-hungry. They don't care about the people. They only care about their own hide, and it's not about keeping people safe. And then it becomes about politics and who can screw the other side, when right now this is a time when really you need to put politics aside and just make sure you're keeping people safe. But everybody is exploiting this coronavirus. Everybody, I saw an anti-vaccine guy. Whatever you say about vaccines, right? But there is a huge crowd that is an anti-vaccine crowd. They were exploiting coronavirus. If the government's going to come and mandate your vaccine when this comes out, if they're going to do... That all may be true, but it just goes to show me that every single agenda in America today is using the coronavirus to somehow gain a political advantage. That's a great point. I mean, even when it comes down to, you know, the government deciding to close gun stores. Yes, of course. That, that, well, that's not essential. I mean... God forbid there's looting. You can't have ammo to protect yourselves from people coming to your house and trying to steal your stuff. Yeah, if you're talking about essential, maybe starting with your constitutionally guaranteed rights would be an interesting would place they? to start with that list. The, uh, the what guaranteed rights? Yeah, I'll explain it later. It's okay. hard. It's a long word. Okay, okay. Uh, speaking of that, let me see if I can find it. The uh, World Health Organization. Here it is. This is what happens when you're in a pandemic and you don't have cards it takes a second to scroll, mm -hmm. uh, but the the World Health Organization has demanded. I like the word the word choice here. Demanded, demanded. that uh, abortion be considered essential healthcare services during the coronavirus pandemic. Now, this has been we've seen this played out at the state level, right? That there have been certain states that they've gone back and forth on whether or not abortion clinics should remain open. It, it's happened here in Texas that they went back and forth on it. But uh, now the World Health Organization is stepping in, which is interesting to me that they think that they're still a credible source right in this very moment after they're basically just carrying China's water. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Can I make one point? Please. And, and a Please. To Stu. The, World Health, the World Health Organization does not get to demand anything from the United States of America. We are a sovereign nation, and I am tired of the World Health Organization. I'm tired of the United Nations and all these other groups thinking they can dictate to us what is best for us. Who screwed this whole thing up from the start? Yeah. They don't get to demand anything as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so crazy that they think that they have, you know, the, uh, the, the superiority to tell people what to do in this situation. But they're even saying that, this is what's crazy to me, even if someone tests positive, a woman tests positive for coronavirus, that should not mean that they should not be able to go get an abortion. The, even if the mm. procedure might put both patient and caregivers at risk Women's choices and rights to sexual and reproductive health care, it's not a thing.
should be respective, irrespective of whether or not she has a suspected or confirmed COVID-19 infection. Incredible. I mean, look, the World Health Organization, sometimes you need to understand where you are in the world. It's like, you know, if now is not the time to go out for a leading role uh, if you're Kevin Spacey, right? Like, you know, you step back and you say, maybe I'm going to take a little bit of time off from acting. Um, you know, the same thing goes here. Like, World Health Organization has botched this from the start. They've been running interference for China, who has been lying to the world. Uh, they won't even admit Taiwan is a place. <laughs> you know, like, these <laughs> yeah. are basic things that should not be that difficult. You know, the, you know, look, World Health Organization did a good job with smallpox. Can't remember what they've done since. So, uh, you know, like, this is not the time. I mean, they, they this should be the time where the World Health Organization should shine. Mm-hmm. And instead, what they're doing is they are kissing the butt of China. And they are, they they assisted this terrible outbreak all around the world mm-hmm. by taking Chinese propaganda and just throwing it out to everyone without questioning it. Uh, And look, we all, all understand that China is lying, not then, now, Mm -hmm. now about what's going on in this country. They don't have zero cases in in a country of 1.3 billion people. Come on. We all understand that that's not true, but the World Health Organization continues to run interference. We can all agree that abortion is a political issue, correct? Mm -hmm. Sure. Mm -hmm. Why is the World Health Organization playing on that field? Why are you wading into one of the hottest debated political issues on earth? Unless that's what you do, unless you are a liberal organization willing to push propaganda and and with an ultimate goal of dictating to America. I mean, it does speak to your point earlier, Grant, that everyone with a political agenda is trying to use coronavirus to their advantage. It has to be one of the most exploited viruses in the history of viruses. It is one of those things, too, that I haven't heard anyone who's had, like, a prior viewpoint changed by it. It's just like, you know what? That means we need universal health care. It's like everyone, whatever you believe before, just now means it's now more important. It's because of this. And this is what, you know, Glenn has his book out today, uh, Arguing with Socialists, and it's like that's one of the things he goes into is like, We all know coming out of this, the left is going to try to exploit this for every little piece of turf they can grab. Mm -hmm. And we better be prepared for it. Mm -hmm. Well, and oftentimes pieces of turf that they've already grabbed. So how do you Mm -hmm. take that back? I'm not sure that's going to work out very well. Uh, Still to come, Alyssa Milano decides that there is this thing that we should listen to called due process in this country. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Yeah, due process. It's apparently a thing now. Uh, We'll get into that. Uh, But first, we want to thank our sponsor, Home Title Lock. So there were these retired FBI agents who came into the studio and actually, Stu, they... Did they, did they actually end up stealing your home title? Yeah, well, basically, they went through. Um, they just sent me an email, actually, before I even know. I knew I was what? meeting with them, and they're just like, hey, and it just it was like an email. It just had my home like title <laughs> and like the name crossed out, and someone else had signed it. And there's like a sta- like a you know a notary stamp on. It. I'm like, what the heck is this? <laughs> I had no idea. And then like you know. Ten minutes later, I get an email. The people from Home Title Lock are going to meet with you and explain how to steal your home title. And I'm like, oh, now I understand. I was freaked out for a minute, um, you know, because it is really easy, and they are able to, you know, they. This is something that you know people are doing. You know, I keep saying this. It's like if you're in quarantine right now, so are the hackers. Yes, <laughs> they're, they're, yes. they're bored as bored yes. as you are. They're just like Idle trying time. to get your information. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they get it, they can they can take your title. They can do a little paperwork, and then they can borrow money against your equity and. 
you know, look, you're still living in the house maybe, but you've got years of legal nonsense and a bunch of money to spend to even try to get it back and probably mm. won't. Yeah. Uh, it's a terrible process and HomeTitleLock.com uh, can protect you from it. Yeah, and I mean, it's interesting because you would think, well, my bank could protect me from that. Well, I'm enrolled in this identity theft program and that definitely protects me from that. No, they don't. They don't. And you don't realize it. Don't be one of the people who realizes it when it's too late. Go to, as Stu said, HomeTitleLock.com. You can enter your address and see if you've already been a victim. You're not going to know until it's too late unless you go to HomeTitleLock.com. Uh, use promo code Y and we've got you one month of risk-free protection. Like I said, Go to Home Title Lock, enter your address, see if you've already been a victim. HomeTitleLock.com, promo code YWHY. Actress Alyssa Milano, you may know her from uh, the award-winning series Charmed. You don't uh, know her really well, by the way. Really? Do oh you? my God! I was her nemesis. You know, working at the NRA, her, she used to go after me. Oh, that's, I mean, oh, that's right. You told nonstop. a story one time. Oh gosh, nonstop she would go after me. So this is so hilarious. Just I can't wait to hear the story about her. But I have a theory about Alyssa Milano okay. and why she goes after me. She's like a third grader. I, I always think she had a huge crush on me. Uh, I think that's I what it was. It. I could see it. She would just attack me. You know, like <laughs> I'm convinced. Mm -hmm. I mean, at least you want to be convinced that Alyssa. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, uh, her politics are off the off the charts, but yeah, she's cute. She's cute. Yeah, uh, I was totally in love with her in the Who's the Boss days. I remember I, those. I seriously I was. remember this. Like, it's true. It's very. But doesn't very it ruin it for you that she's so insufferable oh, now? Yes, it would because I, I I would say when I was I don't know seven years old, I, I if you would have just given me a deal on the table to marry Alyssa Milano and be with her for the rest of my Close. life, I would have taken it. Yeah. I would have taken yeah. it at that time. Done deal. Uh, oh, that would have been a terrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> or you could have saved like the world from her harassment. True. You probably could have convinced her. Maybe, you could have convinced her or you would be in a very unhappy marriage right now. Yes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> very, very unhappy. Mm. Uh, well, Alyssa Milano has just come out. Well, you know, she's been endorsed Joe Biden, and she's been pressed recently because there were some sexual assault allegations that came out recently about Joe Biden. Now, probably you may have heard us mention them on the show. We haven't given them too much clout. We continue to say alleged because there's not really anything to suggest there's any evidence for it. You know, there are things that need to, I think, be played out in order for these accusations to be determined credible. However, if you're going by, A, the mainstream media standards, certainly Alyssa Milano standards, you got to believe all women. You got to run with every accusation against any man that has ever happened. And uh, a man is to be presumed guilty until determined innocent. Well, not so anymore when it comes to Joe Biden, Alyssa Milano's candidate of choice. Uh, she was just recently on a radio show, Andy Cohen Live, and she explained she's come to some crazy realization about Oh, I don't know. Due process in this country for men. Listen. I have not publicly said anything about this. Um, if you remember, it kind of took me a long time to publicly say anything about, about Harvey as well. Good. Because I believe that um, even though we should not believe so women, mm -hmm. and that is an important thing, and what that statement really means is, like, you know, for so long the, the go-to has been not to believe them. So really, we have to sort of societally ch change that mindset to believing women. But that does not mean at the expense of not 
um, you know, giving men their due process oh, and, and investigating yeah. situations. I like uh, that. And, oh. and giving, you know, it, it, it's got to be, it's got to be, it's got to be fair in, in both directions. How did she come up with this uh-huh. new term? <gasps> I like that. Due process. Who would have thought that that existed? Uh, what a great... is, that, is, that, is that okay for guns, too? They want to take away due process when it comes to guns going and seizing people's Oh, firearms. now, don't, don't be oh, silly, I mean, Grant. She's a hypocrite, this one. <laughs> she's... That's a really a miss so much. You see her dance around it, though. She kind of oh, yeah. said what she wanted to say, which is we need to believe women first, but not if it's my candidate. If it's my candidate, we can't do that. Yeah. But any time else, yeah. then, then we'll believe the I women. Mean, what she's describing there is the conservative standard, yes. right? Like the conservative standard. Yes, all women should be taken seriously. Yes, it's yeah. different than, than all women should be believed. That's what we've been saying this entire time. Mm-hmm. They should be taken seriously with their allegations. It's ridiculous that mm-hmm. at one point in history they were getting dismissed routinely, not okay, mm-hmm. not okay. This is uh, much more uh, consistent with our standards. She just didn't apply that at all to Kavanaugh. Yeah. Did she apply that to Roy Moore? No. Did she apply that any, to any conservative? Of course, the answer to that is no. It's also, I find it fascinating because uh, Andy Cohen is, is on this clip. He's the guy uh, you know from Bravo and... Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, this is a, whoa, what a wonderful idea. He's like blown away by this idea that you actually look into facts and, and do due to process. Well, interesting part about this is he was accused of sexual harassment um, in 2017. Um, now, look, I don't know that there's any credibility to this claim. But like when you go through something like that, all of a sudden you say, wow, maybe we should actually take these uh, things seriously. And I think in a way, Alyssa Milano is going through this, right? Her guy now. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden mm-hmm. is going through this. And her her initial excuse is hilarious. She's like, well, look, I took a long time to, to say anything about Harvey Weinstein, too. <laughs> oh, you mean the guy with the clearest case against him, right? You took a dozens long time. and dozens of accusers. <laughs> and a Democratic donor who affected your industry. But you took a long time. We should give you a break on that right. one. <laughs> Not a good argument. Well, at least she's consistent in in her hypocrisy, I think, is what she meant by that. She has a history of hypocrisy. So one of the reasons why she was so mad at me is is during the NRA convention, which was here in Dallas. So I was broadcasting for NRA TV. And we had my buddy Chuck Holt, who's an Army Ranger, out there with the protesters that Alyssa Milano was leading. And Chuck comes back to me and says, hey, Grant, she's got armed security. She's got armed security. Uh, We're at an NRA convention. Why, why does she get armed security and she's lobbying for all of us to disarm ourselves? So he got video of her armed security uh, and started asking about, well, why, does your, why is your guard armed? Most people can't afford that. Oh, but let me tell you something about setting somebody off. She oh. was not happy about just being exposed as a hypocrite. Of course not. But she does a good job of exposing herself as a she hypocrite. Does. No she one does. Really, no one really has to do it for her. Even her uh, her old friend, Rose McGowan, which I, I guess they're not friends anymore. They starred together on, uh, like I said, the award-winning uh, Charmed series. Uh, she said, she tweeted out, she retweeted Alyssa Milano saying she's still endorsing Joe Biden and tweeting out the clip you just heard. Rose McCowan said, you are a fraud. This is about holding the media accountable. You go after Trump and Kavanaugh saying, believe victims. You are a lie. You have always been a lie. The corrupt DNC is in on the smear job of Tara Reid. So are you. Shame. In all caps. Now, I will say, at least for Rose McGowan, she's consistent. 
Yeah, consistently wrong. Consistently but consistent, wrong, uh, but consistent. Yeah, it's interesting because it's hard to find the good person in this exchange. <laughs> she took the Trump cadence, great. though. Do you notice she took the Trump cadence in that tweet? You were Shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were a lie. You've always been a lie. <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, it's true, but it's like, you know, the, her, the standard she's arguing for, right, is not the correct standard. Correct. Like, it, it, what... Alyssa Milano like neither is, of them are. Right, yeah. I mean, like, this is the thing. When I look at this, and, and, you know, there's the Kavanaugh standard and there's the Biden standard, right? The Kavanaugh standard is everyone accuses them. Everyone acts as if it's completely serious, and we talk about it all the time on, on media, we, despite having no evidence. And the Biden is, like, it comes out against, you know, a, a guy, and we basically don't even look at it. And, you know, maybe there's a couple media reports about it. Like, the Biden standard is the better standard, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, as much as I, I don't, I, you know, I don't like Joe Biden. He think he'd be a terrible president. But this is closer to the way the media should treat this, which is like, hey, you want to have a, an investigative journalist from the New York Times dig in deep and see if they can find real evidence and put it on their news pages, not their opinion pages, but their news pages with a real news story and, and, and you know, find something? Well, fine. You know, if some conservative journalist wants to go out there and dig deep into this and find something really, really credible... Maybe that's an issue to go with, but to just throw these things out and act as if they're all supposed to be taken equally seriously is insanity. Um, and the Biden thing, like, I don't know if this is credible. It may be. I mean, remember, it was a liberal journalist who broke yes. it. It was not a conservative. Right. Um, they were talking about this and they interviewed her about this. But like an interview of an accuser is not enough. you got to have a lot more than that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just still amazed at this new term due process. I can't wait to read more <laughs> about it back in a minute. I don't know exactly what it means. I mean... Well, if only there had been a document that had addressed it. Yeah, like they should have written it down. They should have written it down. Uh, all right, we're going to do something fun. It's coronavirus related, so I feel like I can get away with it. Uh, there was fun here. There, well, thanks. Um, but I'm, oh, coronavirus this, coronavirus that. I know you guys are tired of hearing about it. I'm tired of talking about it. Uh, but there was a new study that just came out. It came across my email today. Actually, I was on my way into the studio, and I was like, <gasps> I emailed our producer. I was like, oh, you have to include this in the show. We have to talk about it. Uh, new study from alcohol.org, promise I'm not drunk, uh, says more than a third of respondents believe they will drink more alcohol than usual while in self-isolation. And uh, let's see, one in five Texans admit to drinking alcohol during work hours while in lockdown. Uh, Hawaii, they did it state, state by state, Hawaii was the most likely to drink at home during working hours, 67%. And Arkansas says they are the least likely at 8%. Uh, now, I feel like uh, is, I, you don't want to self-incriminate here. So I'm a Texan. Okay. Well, I'd like to think I'm a Texan. I've been okay. here a long time. We'll uh, adopt you. Look, look. the okay. bottom line is that one in five number is way low. Okay? <laughs> it's way, way, low. way, way higher low. than that. You, you drive up north of the border to Oklahoma. We got a lot of Baptists here. You're not supposed to drink. You're not supposed to go gamble. And all the license plates are Texas license plates <laughs> up by the casinos. Okay? So some survey, they're telling them they're not drinking. We have never gone through so much vodka in our lives being locked down at the house. So funny. 35% of Americans, not, not Texans, but just looking at Americans, 35% say they are likely to drink more alcohol while self-isolating. I think, Grant, what you said is correct for this, too. That's way higher than 35% for all Americans. Oh, totally. What else is there to do? Yeah, I know. Unless you're like me. That's what I said to my wife, which she said, are you having another drink? And I said, yeah, what else is there to do? What else is there to do? It's kind of like how it feels right now. I said to my fiance, who's watching the show from over at the producer's booth, 
I said, is it bad that I can't wait till 5.30 when I can pour myself another drink? <laughs> Why wait till 5.30 would be my, I mean. I have standards. Yeah. <laughs> well, we go till 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> okay. okay, well, that's fair. Uh, no, it's funny because I have people who, I mean, they know from just watching on the show and my videos that I do that I do love wine. And they're like, well, why don't you grab some more wine? Or why, I'm sure you're drinking wine. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Because I picked the worst time to get pregnant ever. <laughs> it's horrible. All I do is sit on the couch and watch TV. Yeah. I, I, I'm, and I'm drinking like, uh, let me tell you how many different flavors of sparkling water I have in my fridge. A ton. A ton. But uh, you get bored of that eventually. Yes. Uh, it gets no, real old. Very, very true. Do you think the, 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 you know, they talk about the freshman 15? Do you think mm -hmm. the COVID 15 is I think the COVID 19. The COVID 19 is for the amount of weight that you're going to gain by the end of this, I think. Uh, so I'm going to lose 10 pounds before uh, this is the end of this? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, COVID 29. So, uh, no. um, I'm just going to tell you what a rebel I am, okay? Because people are going to people are going to be so mad when they hear this. Uh oh. Because and it goes to your video that you did about everybody breaking the COVID laws. Yeah. Well, I went for a little run this morning. Yep. And I ran down to the park. Now I can't go to the gym, and I love going to the gym. So right. you know what I did? What? I'm a rebel. Uh oh. I did a whole. 30-minute pull-up routine on the Jeez. playground. On the and do you know they had caution tape yes. all yes. over the... And you know what? I did it anyway. I figure they're clean because nobody else is on. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Wow. What a rebel. I rebel. can't believe you just admitted that uh, on national television. Yep. You're one of these guys, though. This is Chris, Chris Lash, Dana Lash's uh, husband, tweeted Good something like... Yeah, I, lo I yeah. love Chris. But uh, he's like, well, I used to love him until this tweet. He's like, I'm coming out of this qu quarantine ripped. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm working out every day. That's like, all right, Chris. Stop shaming us. We got it. You're an overachiever. I mean, I will say it does make me feel better because as I'm gaining weight, everyone else will be gaining weight, too. So it will it's make true, me right? feel like I'm less fat. Everyone else will be fat too. In moments of crisis too, you think of like, okay, we're gonna we gotta stare, store food, and we gotta. It's like we're going the opposite way. It's a typical American way. We're like, we're gonna eat more. Right? <laughs> like I keep my wife's like, I guess we should cook at home tonight. And I'm like, well, what if the food dries? We better order food while they're still open. That's what I say. Pizza places might be closed soon, That's so we better get the pizza now. I no, we actually, my husband prepared dinner the other night. We had dinner there, and I did not even ask him. I just went online and ordered dessert from Uber Eats <laughs> and was like, I just did a thing. I just ordered. I don't know why. We didn't need it. I'm totally full, but I just wanted bread pudding. So oh, are you going to be one of these, these, these expecting moms that uses the pregnancy oh, excuse no. just to go dessert every night? No, 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 no. No, and I'm actually, I mean, I'm working out every day. So, like Chris, like Chris yeah, well, yeah, except I have no choice but to gain some weight, so I'm just making sure it's, it's minimal. Good. But it's hard when you're sitting in front of the TV, you're sitting on the couch, there's nothing else to frickin' do. Yeah, if you don't eat. have a home gym or something. Like, I mean, yes, they have, everybody's, like, releasing, like, a 20-minute, like, online video right. you can do at right. home without equipment. But, I mean, that's not it's, the same thing. Yeah, especially not. when you have kids running around. So, yeah. all right, we got to go. We'll be back. Oh, yeah, it's so good. good. With bourbon sauce. Funny. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. All right. Yesterday's poll. How are you keeping sane during the quarantine? Let's see. The choices were playing board games, going on walks, eating, <laughs> or all of the above. Uh, most of you said all of the above. 52% all of the above. Going on walks, 22% of you eating. 
I, you, I gotta believe that the answers were skewed from the all of the above so because like, more of you would have said eating. Right, but a quarter, there's a quarter of this Only population 24. is saying they, they're not eating at all during quarantine. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, what's happening? They're starving to death. <laughs> just, they're doing all of the above. <laughs> Certainly people are going for walks, but I'm out. It's oh, like yeah. Sunday, spring. I've never seen it's so crazy. many of my neighbors in my life. I'm like, yeah. where do you live? I've never seen you before. <laughs> uh, and apparently no one likes playing board games. 2.3% of you said playing we play board games. Yeah, we like playing the board games yeah. too right now. All right, today's poll, who should Trump appoint to be his his new press secretary, which he's, I don't he know why this, he already picked one. Yeah, he did pick one. I'm not even, I'm not going to read this poll. I'm not going to read this poll. I'm going to McEnany. McEnany, yeah, her. I think he should pick her too. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Do you think he should pick her She's too? Great. That's She's crazy. Great. Great. Oh my gosh, uh, be- it worked. Before we go, Stu, Glenn is doing a book signing tonight. Yes. What's going uh, on there? 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, go to uh, glennbeckbooksigning.com, which would be a very mm-hmm. handy place, and it'll get you to the right spot. You can ask questions. You can get uh, signed books. Uh, he's going to be signing them live and answering your questions. I'm going to be uh, co-hosting it with him. It's uh, a lot of fun. And his book is out today, so go buy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, great way to get prepared because once we come out of this thing, man, we are going to need to fight battles. I'm telling you that. Arguing with socialists. It is available wherever you get your books. Uh, make sure that you do that. Glenbeckbooksigning.com. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.